Hey guys, it's mm -hmm. Monday. What's going on? Hopefully everybody can hear us. Yeah, it yeah. looks like they can. Okay, that's good. I always got to check because sometimes the microphone turns itself off randomly. You know. Yeah, so it's another shit. Haunting Mondays. Yes, it and is. And we're doing Dark Forest, which was, uh, it's one of the older ones, but it's a good one. Season two, this one was. Yeah, season it's two. It's really weird because we were going through like the first, the box set of the first four seasons, and I was like, most of them... I either, we'd either already covered them or I was like, I couldn't remember enough if we'd like covered them or not. But for some reason, this is the only one that we didn't really get into. And I didn't actually remember anything about it until we started watching it. And I don't know why, because it's actually like a pretty decent episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I recognized the, the, a lot of the witnesses, but I didn't remember the story. No, well. I didn't either. And, uh, but then like when, when they brought out the psychic, that character and everything, the way he's Many people have died in this house. The motherfucker made it on thick. <laughs> and I was going, oh, yeah, I remember this one. But I never really paid close attention to the story, really. I never really tried to analyze it until until watching it this time. Trying to get a grip on what this phenomenon might be. And, uh, you know, we'll get into it. Yeah, this was... And actually, there's quite a lot of um, outside stuff about this one because apparently this house is uh quite famous okay i didn't know that in that in that area okay and uh yeah it's even on TripAdvisor and everything like it has the address you can go see it and like the guy that owns it like gives tours of it and shit like right. that so the same family doesn't own it anymore obviously yeah. but it's uh yeah and the woman that was on here clara dandy um that's not her last name anymore because i guess she divorced her husband but um she wrote a book about it and that psychic has also written a bunch of bit, a bunch of books too. He actually wrote a book called "Is Your Child Psychic" or something, or "How to Tell if Your Child Psychic." Something. Okay. He has like four or five of them on uh, Amazon. I'm not sure. I thought maybe he was still alive. Although he said if he's still alive, he's 96 years old. Okay. But I'm not really sure if he's still alive or not. At 96, he's doing good if he's still alive. Well, yeah. I don't know if he is or not because like he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. But like when I when I Googled him, it's like it came up and it said that what year he was born. And it said 96 years old, but it didn't say if he was like alive or dead. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Might, could be. There's, so it's possible that yeah. it's possible that he's still alive. Yeah, this uh, story had a lot of interesting um, points to it. A little data points, uh, uh, concepts that don't really come up in typical haunting cases, like how the church handled it and everything, which made it a little bit more interesting. You know, you, usually the church, when the church gets involved, they don't want anything to do with it. They either yeah. think it's fake, you're crazy, or it's demons. Or they come in and yeah. they're just like, and then they get scared and they're, they're like, okay, all right, well, bless, bye. Right, yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, they don't want anything to do with it. They're like, this ghost here, man, might know about those little boys. So I got to get, get out of here. Yeah, yeah before I get into trouble. He's going to start talking about them little boys. He's going to start talking about them little boys. So I got <laughs> to split. So uh, Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe that's why they always run out of there. But this one, this one, as soon as the priest heard about it, he goes, I think this is poltergeist. I was like, oh man, fucking priest. And he goes, we need to get a psychic investigator in on this. So he didn't really, he did bless and did did some churchly shit. I got your back. Go ahead and investigate. You know, <laughs> I got the church angle back there. Jesus is watching over you. You know, he did fucking, some churchly which, shit. Which yeah, which uh, I was kind of impressed with that. Kind of it kind of lends a little air of cre credibility to it. That um, or at least in this case that the. The church kind of did the the best thing. Fucking let somebody who you know he the, the priest went to parapsychology, 
angle. It says, this is fucking poltergeist to coming out of one of these kids. So, you know, psychokinetic abilities. It says, we just need to talk to a fucking psychic. Now, the psychic's interpretation of what it was, he's going to come and say, oh, it's a haunting. But, you know, he did get rid of it, kind of, or supposedly. No, he didn't. Did no, he didn't. He didn't. Like, yeah, it got rid of it for, well, spoiler alert. Yeah, no, uh, they it, got rid of it for a while, yeah, like for a few back. months, but then it came back, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. So, he wasn't a whole lot of help, I guess. And we'll get in. We'll get into it too, because like some of the stuff he said, um, as far as I know, like turned out later they that when they went to research that that was that was not really was the punk. case. Yeah, yeah. So I figured. Yeah, I they was tend just, to do that, man. Well, yeah, they're like they just want a good story because it's like yeah. nobody nobody wants. You know, if you're having, like, weird shit happen in your house and you call, like, a paranormal investigator, nobody wants them to come in and just be like, well, nothing exciting ever happened in this house. Yeah. They always want, everybody wants something, like, salacious and spooky yeah. and everything like that, you know. Yeah. Makes it a much easier to, like, get a handle on, I suppose. <laughs> Church should have got a parapsychologist instead of a psychic. Yeah, I know. I mean, I kind of thought that that's where... Now, apparently this guy, though, I guess I found, like, a paper that was written about him. Like about his like I don't I couldn't read it because it was like behind a paywall but uh, it was written in 2013 and it was about like testing his abilities and stuff yeah so and it was like a university that had done it like I don't, it was like some kind of para or some for some kind of like parapsychological yeah. anthropological journal or something yeah I'm not downing on psychics uh, there have been psychics that have ended poltergeist phenomena you know what I mean um, but this particular one did. Um, just temporarily. Just, just, yeah, temporarily. just temporarily. Just temporarily. Right, yeah. And then apparently it came back. I mean, at least according to the family. I'm not really sure. Who's in here? Everybody here? Who's in here? Who's in here? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> more ice for this drink. But yeah, so, uh, I was, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. This is actually, like, a better episode than I remember. Like, once I started watching it, I kind of remembered... I remembered the people. I just never remember exactly what happened in it. Because a lot of them are kind of... You know, I don't know if they're samey, but... A lot of them were similar, and I get them, like, mixed up. Because usually what what we used to do is we used to watch them, you know, like a bunch of them in a row. So sometimes I'd mix up the details, unless it was, like, super distinctive. And so I think Tom Sykes said earlier, I don't think it's there anymore, but um, he said this one's kind of like, is this one kind of like the one last week with, like, the two boys finding the, um, like, the spirit in the forest? I said this does have a slight tinge of that it's not it's, it wasn't actually brothers it was like the one of the kids was a boy and he had a couple friends and they went out in the woods and they suspected that something was out in the woods that came in the house but i don't know if that's true or not yeah they were going out the, they were going out in the woods scaring themselves pretty much but there's no they heard some stuff but you can hear a lot of stuff in the woods okay. that's true <clears throat> um they blamed it on being out they they they, they associated being out in the woods being scared with this poltergeist thing in my experience it could have been that getting freaked out and getting scared out in the woods may have attributed given the energy you needed later on to put I guess a bunch of fear in the atmosphere of the house which could bring about bring about our RSPK recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis yeah poltergeist yeah. but RSPK and the poltergeist didn't, didn't come from outside. Just that being scared helped generate it. Yeah. So it's a little bit different than the last one because the last one they said yeah. they saw yeah. like so, shadow people-y type things like out in the woods. They believed they saw. They believed they saw, yeah. That's enough to freak you out. Sure. 
You yeah, know, I'd be freaked really. out if I saw thought I saw little yeah. shadow people. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't really see it. They just thought they saw it, and then that helped bring about a poltergeist. You maybe know what I mean? Some, it's always in the telling of the story. Yeah. You know. Maybe some of these people are way more imaginative than right. I am because, like, I don't. <laughs> I don't usually see anything that weird. I was getting scared, fucking driving up to Mammoth Mountain. I was getting a feeling of doom, and, and it, it's that, and that's all it took to start it. Yeah, that's true. So, you know. Because you were probably thinking about The Shining. Yeah, I was thinking about The Shining stuff. <laughs> like, that was good. Yeah, that's was what like, was going to happen when yeah, you get like, up there. Yeah, like, this place going to be haunted when I get up there. Watch. You know what I mean? And it fucking was. And you were right, see? Yeah. You did it. But I generated it. You did it. Yeah. You did it. Yeah, so did I mention that this is, yeah, season two, episode seven? Hmm? Season two, episode seven. Yeah. So do you think we should get into it? or oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm just wondering if you had like something else to say. Mm-hmm. No, we're ready to go. So we're going to talk about... There's no people in there. We can, we'll go. All right. We're gonna we, talk... don't have all, we don't have all night anyway. <laughs> we got shit we got to do. We don't have all night anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's like we've we got to eat some dinner and then we got to... Yeah. Oh, and we got to watch uh, Night of the Comet because that's okay, the movie yeah. we're going to be talking about tomorrow. Right. That was... Because uh, remember, if you're uh, on our Patreon, Patreon, which if you're not, you should be, uh, you can go in there and vote... I made it now so you could vote on the matinee movies, like the yeah. Sunday movie and the Tuesday movie. So that's the one that won the vote. Yeah, too. Our, you get, we, we're looking for more patrons. We used to get like 600 bucks a month in patron money. This is a couple years back. And over the past couple years, it's like doing it all down to like 300. It's sucking. It's, it's, <laughs> it's enough to make a difference, you know. And I'd hate for Jenny to have to go out and get a job. And, and, and I would hate that stop, too. But... Stop doing the show and all that shit. Fucking so. Um, patron patrons were really uh, helping us out. So if you guys, we're looking for patrons. If you want to be a patron, even if you're only, even, even if it's only like five bucks a month, that would really help us out. We're we're at that point now. And like I said, even yeah. if you can't do that, it's good to uh, like the videos, comment on the mm-hmm. videos, all that kind of stuff. Because that Cheers, all subscribe to your friends. That all like pushes yeah. stuff up in the algorithms too. Because yeah. if we get more subscribers, then that'll be good. Also, yeah. we're almost at thirteen thousand, so yeah. I'm kind of excited yeah. about that. So this story right here, uh, this took place right here in 1970. That's when it started. This is the Dandy family. They're a Dandy family. I'm sure they got that all the time back then. They're like, yeah, we've heard it. Shut the fuck up. So this happened in Hinsdale, New York, which I guess it's like Western New York, like kind of a rural mountainous area. I think the way that they were saying it was like 70-ish miles from Buffalo. So the house that's there, and like I said, I mean, I I debated because I do have the address like farther down because I found it like very, very easily. Like I said, it's on TripAdvisor. So I guess in this case, I'll give the address out later on because they don't really seem to mind because it's on TripAdvisor. And like I said, they give tours and shit. And there was people, you know, that had that had been on tours and like took pictures out in front of it. So I guess like nobody cares. So I'll say uh, what the address was. So apparently the house is still there. So, uh, so yeah, it's on eight acres. So the family had actually lived in Buffalo, New York, but they had been vacationing in this kind of rural area for many years before deciding they were going to get out of the rat race of Buffalo, New York, and uh, move into the country. So the dad, whose name is Phil, uh, he's still going to keep his job in Buffalo and commute 70 miles. I don't know if that's 70 miles one way or 70 miles both ways. Either way, fuck that. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. I, I don't think so. I, I don't want to live out in the country that bad. Uh, so they moved out there in 1970, as I mentioned. So Clara, who is uh, the matriarch, now she's uh, she was on there for real. It was her and the son, whose name was Mike, and then like some other people later. Like I'm guessing that her and Phil got divorced because her last name was different later. So he wasn't on there talking. 
So she said that the house, when they went out there, like I said, it was just kind of on this big flat piece of sort of like farmland-ish type situation. She said it looked really peaceful when they first saw it. And she said a very weird thing. She said the air was like breathing champagne. And I was like, so like drowning in bubbles? (laughs) I mean, I guess I get what she's going for. But I was like, I thought that was just like a weird way to phrase it. Uh, so yeah, so this is like an old house. It's like over a hundred years old and it's actually pretty big. It's not quite as big as the one they show in the show. Cause I've seen pictures of the real one. Um, but it's similar. It looked kind of similar. So they also got two kids. Uh, they got a 13 year old daughter named Tina and a 14 year old son named Mike. I think that's what it was. They were 13 and 14. Uh, so like I said, Mike appears on the show, like as a grown up, obviously. So Mike said he was real into wildlife, like at the time. So he really liked all the woods that surrounded the house. So he would like go and hang out back there. So when they're in there deciding to buy the house, uh, you know, with the realtor and all that, they see that there's a door that goes to like a crawl space type closet kind of thing, like under the stairs. So the door is stuck, but they eventually kind of pry it open. So Clara said even before they moved in, she said she thought the crawl space was weird. Like looking in it like gave her a funny feeling because like inside there, like I said, it was kind of like an understairs closet type thing. Um, and she said there was like an old bricked up fireplace in there, which she thought was really strange. And then she was just kind of like, well, maybe it's just because I grew up in the city and I've never been out in the country really all that much. And maybe that's just what they do out here. I don't really know. So it's just kind of like, okay, whatever. To me, it sounds like the uh, the house is redesigned. That's kind of what I was suspecting, too. Yeah. That maybe that was like part of another room and then they right. just like made it into a storage thing. You yeah, know, those, like what happens all over hundreds of years. They moved the stairs. There weren't stairs there. Mm. The stairs were somewhere else and they built a new staircase of where the fireplace was. What it sounds like. Yeah, that's probably what happened. And they turned it into a like a closet. I got a very when they opened that that crawl space door and like yeah. there was the red brick in the back, I got a very Amityville horror vibe yeah. from that. So, this apparently happened before all of that Amityville horror nonsense. But yeah. you know, it's when they bricked the uh, the fireplace up. You couldn't use a fireplace that was underneath the dam in a closet. Yeah, that would be that's no. all. There. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Tom Sykes says slave quarters, maybe. No. Well, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I kind of suspect that they probably just, the house was probably just, just redesigned remodeled. or remodeled or something. Those and like Victorian houses didn't make any goddamn sense. I lived in one. Yeah. Not, you had to walk through all the rooms to get anywhere. There was no central hallway. That always, like, cracked me up. Yeah. Let's go to the bathroom. Me walking through people's rooms. Hey, what's up? Bathroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't make go any take a leak. sense like, what kind of room is this it's just a room room everybody's like sleeping yeah, or like yeah, sitting yeah. in front of the computer Maybe jerking off or whatever it is yeah. they're doing and then well, you're like walking through the room excuse me a house with no hallways <laughs> that's just so weird to me yeah and it wasn't always like that they had changed it a couple times I mean some you know, floors did have hallways but the bottom floor didn't people's people's lives were much different mm-hmm. back then. well I kind of feel like too I think I mean at least just from from what I've read is that in the old days, if you had a two-story house, like, the first floor was considered, like, the public floor. That was where you yeah. met guests and everything like that. Right. So they didn't really have... Yeah, and then, the, then it was everything else was bedrooms. Right. And so the downstairs... But the thing is, in the modern era, they're trying to rent each floor out. Yeah. You know what I mean? From To multiple people, you know, that were... Yeah. They're trying to turn them into, like, apartments. Yeah. Basically. They didn't make any goddamn sense. 
don't make any goddamn sense. Don't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> and uh, I don't think uh, home builders fucking thought too much about anything. They just laid out. They laid out the rooms to look pretty. They didn't think about utility that much. Not in the Victorian era. Yeah, they were just like, they were yeah. Just like yeah, yeah, we're just gonna put a bunch of rooms together. Pretty rooms in a city room, and city you'll room. just like it. Yeah, none of the, none of the shit was fucking efficient. None Not of it really. made any sense. And we'll put a parlor here and another parlor over here and some rooms here. So and, many. Parlors. Oh, put the bathtub right there. You know, so everybody can troop through and watch yeah. you take a bath <laughs> with your little back scrubber. You know what I mean? Hey, what's up? Uh, so yeah, so she. I don't know. She just thought that was like weird that that was there. So anyway. So, uh, a few months after they buy the house, they move in. So, Clara's brother, I don't know if they said what his name was, but he was helping them with the move. And he actually got to the house a few hours before they did, like, with his truck. And he was taking uh, stuff inside, like, boxes and shit. Now, as soon as he opened the front door, like, a couple of bees, like, flew out at him. And then, when he went inside the house, he noticed that there was just loads and loads of, like, dead bees all over the floor. And then plus there was like a shit ton of live ones like crawling all over the window. So again, very Amityville horror that except, yeah. you know, that was flies obviously, but same, same principle anyway. So the rest of the family gets there and the brother is like walking out with a dustpan full of dead bees. Mm-hmm. And Claire is like, what the fuck? And he's like, man, the place is just full of bees. You know what I mean? Um, and they thought it was a little bit weird because they said, well, it's not really the time of year that bees would be swarming around or anything like that. But, you know, Clara just kind of brushed it off. She's like, well, I guess I'll have to get used to living out here in the country with all these fucking creatures and all that. So she said, other than that, I mean, there wasn't anything weird at the beginning. Like, they really liked living out there. They said it was a lot more relaxing than living in the city. And it was just kind of ideal for them. And they were just having a great fucking time. A few weeks after they moved in, though, Mike, who's the son, and a couple of the neighbor kids are out exploring the woods. Uh, so the neighbor boys are like, yeah, man, we know these woods like the back of our hand. But then, you know, they didn't really seem to. It's like, yeah, which way in my house then? Um, I don't know that way. So, you know, they're full of shit. So while they're in the woods, they hear kind of twigs breaking, like maybe a footstep or something. And then they see this tall, what looked like a teenage boy, like walking past them, carrying like a rifle. Right. Mm-hmm. So they yell after the kid telling him it's like hey this is private property like what are you doing here but he just ignores them so they run after him for a little bit but then he seems to just kind of like disappear into the surrounding woods and they're not entirely sure where he could have gone i'm not super clear on whether they actually saw him like wink out of existence or the way that the reenactment showed it was that they were following him and they could see him and they could see him and then like they kind of crested a ridge or something and they looked down and then he was just gone and there's like nowhere that he could have gone. And that growing up Mike actually said said he disappeared, but I don't know what he meant. You know what I mean? I don't know if he meant he actually went and disappeared or what. Or they just didn't know where he went to. So Mike runs back to his house and tells his mom that they saw a ghost. And the fact that he told her that makes me suspect that maybe yeah, they did see him disappear because otherwise they would just think it was a guy, right? Uh, so while they're telling her that though, like the mom's on the phone and she's not really listening. Like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like she couldn't really be bothered cause she was kind of busy. Now, a few weeks after that, um, Clara has kind of like forgotten about Mike's whole story about seeing the ghost in the woods, but she's out in the woods walking the dog, uh, whose name is Madison, by the way. And she hears something while she's out in the woods that she said sounded like Gregorian chants, which would be a little weird hearing that coming out of nowhere 
And she also said that she felt uh, surrounded by something. That's a quote. So the dog seemed also wigged out by this situation and kind of like takes off running. So she kind of like chases the dog home. So Clara's telling her husband, because he's away at work all the time. Like I said, he works in Buffalo still. So he's, you know, not home as much because of the commute and everything. So she calls him and tells him about this weird noise she heard in the woods. But he doesn't entirely believe her. She said, I'm not sure he actually like disbelieved me. But he was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I don't have time for this bullshit right now or something like that. So like I said, he's away at work a lot. So she kind of feels like a little bit unsupported, I suppose. So she tells Mike about this sound. Just like, yeah, I heard this weird chanting like out in the woods. So Mike is trying to come up with something. He's like, well, you know, there was a campground not too far from where they lived. It's like maybe somebody was at the campground and they were like playing a radio. So it just happened to be playing Gregorian chants or something like that. It's like, who knows? So it's like, maybe it was that. Maybe there's a logical explanation. But they kind of suspect that maybe there might be something weird going on. So him and the two other kids, the two boys, go into the woods to the same place where the mom was to see if they could hear the same noise as well, just to, like, check it out. So while they're going out there, I guess, like, nothing really egregious happened. But they started getting creeped out. It was daytime. It was at night. And so one of the kids started to go back. But Mike and one of the other kids, whose name was Matt, uh, they continue on into this kind of like clearing type of thing. And then they said, it feels kind of weird right here. So they decide they're just going to stand there and like close their eyes and sort of like meditate and see if any supernatural shit happens, right? So Mike Almost is... like a seance when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, they were kind of, that seemed like they were kind of what they were trying to do. Like yeah. they were trying to like commune with whatever was, yeah. uh, was out there in the woods or whatever. So they do that for a few minutes, and then Mike's like, uh, nothing's happening, this is bullshit. And Matt's like, just chill, just, you know, just concentrate. That you know might I mean? be enough to start poltergeist. It might be, you know. Yeah, just, <laughs> just trying to bring it to the forefront. Hey, let's see some weird shit happen. That might be enough to start the, the process of tension and stress that you need. Expectation. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting how yeah. this one started out the same kind of way, like yeah. with just the suggestion of something in the woods mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. camp guy said y'all got me to watch a couple episodes of hoarders oh yeah. man we watched another one last night too and let oh they got another bag shitter dude shitting in bags they got another bag and shitter. just keeping it kidney even throws all shit away <laughs> every now and then you do come across a bag shitter on that yeah. show because as soon as it like it came on i'm like oh yeah. no it's another bag shitter <laughs> it's the worst kind man <laughs> Yeah, once once they start shitting in bags, that's uh, that's pretty much all. That's a wrap. They usually can't be helped. Yeah, you know what I mean. They sometimes. I think the one woman they had on there a long time ago that was a bag shitter. I think they had to like uh, have her committed. Yeah, they kicked her out of her house. And, and I and I think they, I think down. they tore the house down because yeah. it was like completely destroyed. Yeah, it, it, the shit had eaten through the top, the floor, yeah, yeah, the yeah. ceiling. Yeah, because she was she was just stacking it up in the bathroom, in the bathroom corner, on the bathroom corner, fucking the whole fucking bathroom was stacked with fucking bags of shit. And had eaten through the floor. Yeah. Nasty bitch, man. That's nasty. nasty. woman. Yeah. Same thing happened with this guy last And she night. laughed it off like it was no big deal. Yeah, that's really weird. Like I said, that's... Her ass walked off and fucking got into a damn van. And then they took her off. The <laughs> they fucking, took her away. Took yeah. her away. Fucking, she laughed the whole way. That's what I mean. To the, like to the fucking loony bin. Yeah. Bag shitters, man. Yeah. Every time I see that, I'm just like, oh no, it's a bag shitter. Yeah. That's like so gross. It just makes me want to like fucking vomit watching that stuff. All right. So where was I? Okay. So the two boys are like out in the woods doing their, you know, closing their eyes and trying to concentrate or whatever. And while they're doing that, they said they heard a sound 
They said it sounded like an axe hitting wood, like somebody hitting a tree or a log or something like with a with an axe. It sounded like that, like thwack. And then they hear like the very distinct sound of a woman screaming, which, you know, that freaks them out. Like I said, it could have been, I kind of feel like if I was in the woods and heard a woman screaming, you might want to like go and check that out because that could actually be a human woman that's like in trouble or something and she could be getting murdered and like maybe you want to help her out. There's a lot of animals that sound like that. Well, yeah, that too. Rabbits can sound like that. I wouldn't just, I wouldn't immediately jump to ghost is what I'm saying. Peacocks can fucking sound like that. They say a peacock sounds just like a screaming woman. It does. I've never heard it. I've heard it. Yeah. Not exactly like a screaming woman, but similar enough that if you heard it, it would like really it's a weird sound yeah. peacocks make a really weird sound a rabbit getting eaten up fucking getting shaken to death or fucking under a lot of stress can make a cry that sounds like a like a little child or a person and from a distance it might be able to fool you so you know i i, I don't know what to make of it what they're saying it could be it could be a lot yeah of i mean if it was i mean the Gregor- young too. gregorian chance is much weirder Sorry, I'm having this yeah. so I can write some stuff down. Because Tom Sykes had a paranormal show about the famous medium, uh, the Eddie Brothers, Horatio and William Eddie, uh, from Vermont, would make a good show. Actually, that's cool because I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Yeah. So I'm going to write that down. But yeah, so if it was anything other than a scream, um, I don't know. I just kind of feel like Gregorian chants is weird. A woman screaming, you might want to check that out. Because like I said, it could be an actual woman screaming who's getting murdered by a serial killer. Or... It could be an animal. Like you said, it could be a peacock or lots of other things, or a fox or lots of other things. There's a lot of things that can happen in a natural environment if your mind's playing tricks on you and you're trying to listen real hard. You'll kind of sometimes hear whatever it is you want to hear. I remember That I remember, too. I remember we'd be up in Korea and fucking, it was just the sound of wind blowing through the trees every now and then and just regular sounds in nature. I wanted to get the fuck out of there, you know what I mean? And we were waiting for something, waiting for trucks to come get us. And um, I could swear I heard those trucks coming. And I heard those trucks coming for five or six hours. And they never showed up. But if you listened long enough and you listened hard enough, you could really think, you really thought you heard the trucks coming. Yeah, I've had that kind of But stuff it's just the background noise, you know what I mean? Yeah, like and you're amplifying you're it amp- because you're expecting, you're expecting it. something else. So I've had that happen. They may have been hearing, listening for something and they in their minds they say, hear that? It goes, yeah, it sounds like music. Yeah, it sounds kind of like Richard Gore chanting, but they can't quite make it out. Well, she, now the and, mom heard that, like, yeah. by herself. Yeah. The kids didn't hear that. But, you know, it might have just been her. You know? Yeah. You can, the, you, yeah. Just like putting your ear up to the damn seashell. You hear the whoosh. You say, well, being out in the damn wild, sometimes you hear that. You just hear just a like It's like a white noise that you can pull anything out of it. You know, you go, oh, that sounds like a train. The other guy goes, no, it sounds like an airplane. Yeah. No, it sounds like the ocean. Another guy's going, no, it sounds, it, you know, it can be, it sounds like trucks, you know. It's just it's just white noise, and you're kind of just pulling anything you want out of it, you know. Camp guy said uh, about hoarders: Do they have houses that they are not able to clean out? Yes, yeah, uh, they, down. they have ones. Well, they ha- definitely have ones that they don't finish because they give themselves like a four day yeah. uh, limit. And they, I mean, they do have a massive crew, so usually they get most of it cleaned out. But they have had uh, numerous occasions where 
they got it partially cleaned out and then the house was just kind of like um, not livable. Yeah. So they basically said, well, now we have to get all the shit out of here and they have to tear it down. So sometimes yeah. the houses do have to get torn down just because the people didn't yeah. take care of them. Yeah. And they just like got so moldy or you know falling rotten. apart or rotten that they couldn't. When I like, remember, live in they the cleaned the whole house out, and then the, the the walls didn't meet the floor anymore. Yeah, that's right. The I garbage that had one. eaten it, eaten the floor. Yeah, so you could see outside the house. Uh-huh. The garbage was holding the damn wall together, pretty much. Yeah, and they were like, and then the, the fucking floors were just fucking yeah, they getting can, ready to bust through, and because it was just filled with fucking cat shit and dead cats. Remember that one? Yeah. Cat shit, dead I mean, cats, that was more than rats. one. They found, like, dead animals. Yeah, and the fucking woman living in there was pissing on the floor and shit. Fucking, it was... And they just said, no, nah, the house has got to go. They got it cleaned out, but then they came later and they just fucking they tore just, it down, yeah, the they, whole house. they bulldozed it. Bulldozed it. Bulldozed it and fucking just hauled it up. I mean, when you have the hoarders that keep all their garbage, because yeah. some of them do, like, it's not just people that it's like, oh, we just buy shit and put it in the pile of the house, which is bad, too, but... Some people um, can't throw anything away, so their house is full of garbage. Yeah. Um, which means there's rats and roaches and all kind of other Rotten stuff in there. Fucking... And it's just the walls mold yeah. and the floor yeah. molds and everything just starts falling apart. So, yeah. you know, it's pretty gross. Blockfrog said, My friend made me laugh so hard once outside. And later a cop came and said the neighbors heard a woman screaming. Later we were like, Dude, I think that was because of my laugh. Yeah. I wonder if that's what it was. <laughs> That would like that super funny. Uh, all right, so where was I? Mm, 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 mm. Uh, oh, okay. So they thought they heard a woman screaming. So this freaks them out, and they start running back toward the house. Uh, and then Mike, at some point, gets his foot tangled in a vine or some shit. Uh, and I was like, "Ooh, is this gonna go like all Evil Dead? This is <laughs> we had Amityville Horror, now it's gonna go Evil Dead. Like the plants are coming to get him." Um, so Matt like comes back to help him. And then the other kid comes back, too, like the one that, you know, kind of fucked off, like, near the beginning before they even heard the screaming. He comes back just so he can provide a jump scare, you know what I mean? Because, like, while the kids are, oh, my God, I got to help your ankle. Oh, my God, legs. Oh, it's you. You know what I mean? So it was that kind of thing. So they did a jump scare right there with that other. That guy's like, what? I didn't do anything. All right. So once they're back at the house, Mike tells his mom what he heard in the woods and she kind of gets bad at him she's like well you know i you need to stay out of the woods because it's too dangerous she's like whatever it is that's out there we don't want to know which you know that's fair enough so clara says at this point um she started to suspect that something was wrong although they're still kind of like trying to dismiss it um because she said you know we had a great life other than that so it was easier to just be like oh maybe it's our imagination or some shit like that so one day, uh, Phil, the dad, is taking the kids, Tina and Mike, into town. And Clara wants to stay home alone to kind of, like, relax and read. And she goes, we'll be quiet for a couple of hours while everyone else is gone. So she's laying on the couch with her book and everything. Uh, she's got all the windows open because I guess the weather is nice. And then she said one of the – I don't know if she saw this or heard it or what. But the way that they showed it on the reenactment was that one of the open windows, like, slammed shut, like, by itself – and then she was kind of like, what the fuck? And, like, she got up to check. And then when she got up to check, all the windows were still open. So it's like, I don't know if she actually saw the thing close. And then when she got up, it wasn't closed. Or if she just heard it slammed closed and then got up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It looked like she looked at it, like, closing. Yeah. And they showed it closing. But then I was like, oh, that's pretty weird. But she's like, yeah, when I went and looked, all of them were still open. So she's like, I didn't really understand what had happened. So there was that. 
Now, a few nights after that, Mike is sleeping in his bed. And then, like, some stuff that's on the shelf, like, above him. I don't know why you would put stuff, like, on a shelf, like, right over your head like this. Especially, like, heavy shit. But, you know. Um, so, stuff starts to kind of, like, slide out and fall on him. So, it's like a chess set in a box. And it was like a check, like, a box of checkers. You know what I mean? So, he looks up there and he sees the shit, like, scooting, like, out, like, by itself. And he's weirded out because he's, like, the game's were underneath a pile of magazines, but the magazines didn't fall. So it's almost like the, the like the boxes were kind of yeah. like coming out from underneath the pile of magazines. So he's like, what the fuck? And like, he calls his mom and, you know, she was kind of freaked out too. Cause she's like, you know, Mike is really logical. So he wouldn't have just like made that up because he was saying to her, he's like, look, the shit like scooted out from underneath the pile of magazines. And then the magazines just went like that. He's like, that can't really happen. I don't know any law of physics that would allow that. So, um, after that, Claire is like, she started to think that whatever it was in the woods that they had been hearing, uh, was maybe coming in the house now. So yeah, that is, this is kind of like the, the last week one, you know, <laughs> Tom Sykes said, Tom, did you make that split piece? Who had the, the Reagan vomit? No, he hasn't made it yet. We still got the ham, like, but you know, we had yeah, a ham sandwiches early. I'll tell you what I did do. What went did? down to the dam. Got you some more ice right there. Oh, thanks. Went down to the dollar store. And little Debbie came out with a new dessert. <laughs> Instead of oatmeal pies, they're called snickerdoodle pies. Mm-hmm. It's like two snickerdoodle, snickerdoodle cookies back to back with uh, that marshmallow cream filling out of the oatmeal pie. And I got them. They just, they just, they're new. And they, it seemed they like they had more cream filling and it was like poofier. Yeah. Jenny liked them too. Yeah, yeah. I liked them too. If you like snickerdoodle cookies, man, they're real good. And weirdly, I don't love the oatmeal pies because I don't usually like that marshmallow cream, yeah. but for some reason it really works with the snickerdoodle man. and it's very cinnamony, which I like. Yeah. You get two boxes of them for $5. Two big old boxes. Good old Dollar General. Yeah. They got all the little Debbies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we still come. They buy them up though, man. They're gone. They get, they, you know what else they had? They had Hostess and then they had little Debbie, um... Um, donuts. You know, they got the little powdered donuts and little chocolate donuts, too. Do you know yeah, yeah. Little Debbie make those? Make I got some. In a bag. Uh, right around Halloween, I got a bag of pumpkin spice ones. Okay. Like little mini donuts. They yeah, were, they're mini donuts. Yeah, they were, they were powdered, but they had like yeah. pumpkin spice in them. They, they were, they were powdered, pretty good, actually. They were like spice cake. Yeah, the powdered donuts are so good when you microwave them just for a few seconds. Man, yeah. they're good. Like, <laughs> like they come out of a deep fire. He's getting like distracted by yeah. donuts again. Yeah, I was cheap this, donuts. Yeah, cheap dollar store. Hey donuts. man, you gotta I'm like. Just, I, I don't mind. I'm, I'm I'm not a de- I'm not a dessert snob. Yeah, I, I'll eat pretty much any dessert. To be honest with you, it's all good. It's like some little bit of happiness. If it's only cost a dollar, then that's even better. So uh, so yeah, so the the shit falls on his head, and he's like weirded out by it. So at this point, Clara goes to a nearby university to talk to a Catholic priest about the problem, because that's what you do. I guess she was raised Catholic, although she didn't say she was particularly religious, but, you know, she thought, well, that's what you do. So they call the guy Father Al. I think his name is Alphonsius or something like that. I found it somewhere else, but I don't think they mentioned it on the show. So he's kind of seems like specifically into paranormal stuff. So he immediately thinks, like, after she describes what's going on, that he might be, that it might be a poltergeist, like you said. Uh, and he gives, like, a pretty accurate description of what a poltergeist is. And Clara, though, she said, well, she was kind of dubious about that because she's like, well, 
She's like, from what I knew of Poltergeist, they didn't really seem to have a mind behind them. Like, I guess, like, intention or something. They do, though. I know, but she's I'm wrong. just saying to, yeah. that's just in her perception. Yeah, her perception. So she's, she's like, so she thought yeah. that whatever was haunting the house, like, seemed to have an intelligence behind it or an intent behind it. Yeah. And she was under the, you know, under under the, uh, of the opinion that Poltergeist didn't have that. So she wasn't yeah. really sure if that's what it was. But that's pretty much the first thing. I like, yeah, and like I said, I'm not sure exactly what the real guy said, but I like that this guy was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a poltergeist. Like, he didn't do, like, oh, it's a demon or right. or anything like, or have you guys been playing with a Ouija board or anything right. like that? He immediately jumped to poltergeist, which is probably, yeah, if it, it happened the way it happened, that, that's a, probably He was an was. educated priest. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, he it. had seemed to, yeah. he seemed to, like, um know a lot about like parapsychology type yeah. thing or he seemed to be interested in that kind of stuff so he's like well tell you what um i'll come out to the house and do a mass if that will make you feel better and then we'll see what we can see so he comes out and does the thing now clara said you know i went to catholic school when i grew up and she's like i was kind of under the mistaken impression that you get you know from the movies and everything you get the priest to come out and he does the mass and then everything's fixed like you know bob's your uncle that's like the end of it so the whole family like participates in the mass, like expecting that this is gonna fix it, you know. Um, one night though, while Phil is away on business, Clara is asleep and then she's awakened by something that sounds like, I guess it sounded like a girl, like giggling or laughing or making some kind of noise, like outside her room, like in the hallway. So she goes out and she sees, she's like walking down the stairs and she sees a girl like walking along the hall. Now at first she thought it was her daughter Tina because she just kind of, I guess, saw her from the back. But then like the girl opened a door and went into a room, which I guess was Tina's room. But then like she runs down there and opens the door to Tina's room and Tina is like sound asleep in the bed and there's nobody else in there. They were wearing different clothes too. Yeah, and it was like different clothes. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? She said, I guess it was kind of dark, but she said, I thought it was Tina at first, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? So I thought that was pretty weird. So in the morning, uh, Tina, the daughter, she wakes up and, you know, says hi to her little birdie. Like, as soon as I saw the little birdie in the cage, I'm like, uh-oh, nothing bad's going to happen to that birdie, is it? Nothing does. I, said, I worried about that, too, like when I saw the dog earlier, but nothing bad happens to the dog either. So I was just kind of like, you know, just telling you. So she's sitting in front of the mirror, uh, you know, brushing her hair or whatever. And then she said she said that she saw well I don't know if she saw this she wasn't the real girl wasn't on the show but she said there was like a ghost of like a stringy haired woman like standing behind her like she sees her in the mirror so she like starts screaming bloody murder Clara comes rushing in and uh, her mom like she tells her mom what she saw and then she realized that the priest mass didn't do jack shit um, and she said that kind of surprised her because like I said, she'd always been taught that that was what you did and it was supposed to work. Like, you know, it wasn't supposed to just keep coming back. So Clara calls father Al <laughs> and tells him what happened. She's like, I want my money back. I didn't pay for the shit, but you know what I mean? Um, and he says, okay, well, this is <laughs> clearly beyond my pay grade. So I'm going to bring in a paranormal expert out there like ASAP. So, um, that weekend, though, like, Mike is out with his friends, Tina's sleeping in her room, Clara and Phil are watching TV downstairs, and Phil hears something. I don't, I couldn't tell what the sound was at first, but he hears something and he turns off the TV, and then there's, like, a breaking or kind of crashing sound from outside. So, they go out with a flashlight to check and see what the fucking noise was, and while they're standing there looking at the garbage cans, all the garbage cans going to go, like, upended, you know what I mean? So they assume it's, guess what, 
Raccoons. Where is that raccoon? <laughs> Yeah, I even said that when we were watching the thing. I was like, where is that raccoon? Because he even kind of says it like that. Raccoons, you know what I mean? He says it like that. So uh, so they're kind of like looking around the rest of the house just to make sure that like nobody's breaking in or anything. So while they're looking in one of the windows or passing one of the windows from outside, they see a girl in the window, like looking out at them. So at first, like they think it's Tina. So they run back inside the house. But then they find Tina sitting in her room, like in front of her mirror. They're calling to her, but she doesn't respond to them. Like, she just keeps staring at the mirror, and it's, like, super freaky, and her eyes are all black. Like, they're not all black. Like, the pupils are black. And I guess, I don't know what color her normal eyes are, but the actress's eyes were blue. So they kind of went all black, and it was, like, really freaky. So she kind of, like, comes to, like, a couple, like, a second later, and then she asked Clara, didn't she say something like, um, am I going crazy or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Because she just, like, would, like, she got possessed or some shit. So at this point, Clara's like, she was starting to get really mad because the thing is now like messing with her kids. So she's like, I'm going to kick this ghost ass pretty much. So then they all hear something upstairs, like somebody walking around. So the phone rings, Clara answers it and it's Mike. He's like, Hey, can I stay over with my friend Randy? Who that's whose house he was at. But Clara's like, no man, like all kind of crazy paranormal shit is going on. So Mike's like, okay, well I'm going to come back. So he comes back home and brings Randy with him. And he pretty much tells Randy in the car on the way, he's like, man, all kind of like weird shit is happening in my house. Um, and the grown up Randy is also on the show too. Like the real Randy, he's also on there too. Cause he saw some of the shit too, apparently. So they said the two of them, Mike and Randy, they said when they got to the house, Phil, the dad is running around like a chicken with his head cut off. That's what they said. <laughs> so while they're all in the front hallway, kind of like f- trying to figure out what to do. Cause all this weird paranormal shit that's happening. The lights, they said the lights all went off in the hall that they were in even though the power was still on in the rest of the house. Like, so it was just all the lights where they were went out. So then they start hearing scratching coming from the crawl space, the thing underneath the stairs. Common poltergeist sound effect. Yeah, yeah very scratching. Scratching. That, so that's what they do. Um, so they go to open it. Door sticks again, but they finally get it open. And this was pretty weird. I think this was like my best, my favorite part. So they open the crawl space door and they find that all the bricks from the old fireplace we're now all stacked in the middle of the floor. Typical poltergeist. Which is very weird, to say the yeah. least. And, like, um, yeah, Clara said it's, like, somebody really, like, works very hard disassembling. I mean, I don't know what it looked like in real life, but on the reenactment, they said somebody had disassembled this whole, like, facing of the fireplace, and there's just a pile of bricks, like, in the middle of the floor, which would have taken some effort. I think a poltergeist ability can do it quickly. And well, yeah. Silently. Yeah, I'm just saying that... You can't be looking at it at the time. It's something, something quantum. It's pretty. Uh, yeah. It's pretty weird. Yeah. It's pretty weird. I guess objects aren't are, are kind of massless when they're under the influence of fucking whatever phenomenon is responsible for fucking poltergeist. It's some kind of quantum physics. Yeah. They weird can just, shit. They can just move shit around. Yeah. All it just moves want. it. And it's it's it. I've only caught a few things actually moving, and it's always out of the corner of my eyes. Jenny saw it, but it's just, it has kind of a weird weightless movement to it. It's, the sounds aren't right. It's just weird when you see it. Tom Sykes said, what state did this take place in again? It's uh, New York. It's Western New York, like um, not too far from Buffalo. It's in a place called Hinsdale. Uh, Murder Hornet asked if you got uh, your package. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he got it. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, Clara said that when they saw that, like the brick situation... She said that was when she realized uh, this thing is 
too strong for them to fight it. Cause it's like, if it could do that, like immediately or whatever, um, then yeah, we're kind of hosed. So father Al comes back one night with a psychic person named Alex Tannis. Yeah. Who the guy that got playing this role is a trip, man. He's, uh, well, he, I mean, you know, he, he's committed to yeah. the role. I like it. I, I like to see it. He does everything very slow. I don't know if very that's what the real guy is like. The real yeah, guy looks like he has like a black mustache. He look, yeah. kind of looks like Doug Henning, if you guys yeah. remember who that is. Like that magician from yeah. the 70s. Dude's got, <laughs> this dude, when he's doing the role, he's got some serious gravitas. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying a word of what he's saying, though. But No, me neither. Yeah. But you know, I, I like I said, I appreciate the actor that's in. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Got Although it. I guess yeah, you know, like I said, he went all in, <laughs> which I, I respect that. I respect that. Uh, the guy's last name, if you want to look him up, by the way, because I was thinking it was Tannis, like Tannis Root, like in Rosemary's Baby, but it's not. Uh, it's T A N O U S, which yeah. I never would have guessed in a million years. I would have thought T A N N I S, but whatever. Uh, so apparently, he did get studied by the American Society for Psychical Research. And I found out later that he had actually written four or five books um, and was also the subject of a paper in a, in a journal called Paranthropology, Journal of Anthropological Approaches to the Paranormal. And uh, this paper was called Out of the Body and Into the Lab, Defining Dr. Alice Tannis' Abilities. That was yeah. published in 2013. So right. if you, if you want to like look that up, I didn't like... Because like I said, I don't think I could read it because I think it just had the... Um, the, yeah. What do you call it? You, it was like behind a paywall. I never heard of the guy. Yeah, I hadn't either, but, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'll look more into him later. So Alex goes into the crawl space. So whenever we say crawl space, I always think of like a literal crawl space. Like you got to get down like a crawl space. This is like yeah. a closet. It's like a full, you can walk into it. Yeah. It's just like a closet. It's a storage area. Yeah. Underneath, the, underneath the damn closet. Yeah. It's like it's understairs underneath closet. Storage, it's yeah. not a crawl space. Yeah. Crawl space. I, I think like you have to crawl into it. Yeah. Like I would think that's why they call it that. Hence the name. Uh, so he starts feeling some psychic vibes, man. Um, and the family like starts to tell him, Hey, we got like some weird shit. He's like, no. Don't tell me anything. Yeah. And then he does the thing like a lot of the actors do, like on this show when they're having psychic vibes, they tilt their head to the side and close their eyes and kind of squinch their face up like, oh, it it is too painful. He's dialing in. The visions, they are too painful. Yeah, 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 it was just, it was kind of like that. Yeah. So he's making faces like that. So, um, so they're like, oh, what do you see? And it was like, lots, lots of bodies. That's what he sees. Like lots of bodies. Many people have died (laughs) over the years. Some natural causes. Some of them murders, and they're going whoa. Ooh, right. Yeah. That sounds like pre- creepy. But we right? have to get down to the bottom of this, you know. Just see, people love that shit. It's yeah. like it's like hearing a scary story around the fire, you know. What yeah. I mean? Like no, like I said, nobody wants a psychic to come to your house and be like, yeah, it's just a, nothing but boring shit happened yeah. in your house. Sorry. Yeah. Like everybody is like, yeah, there was all kind of the, a serial killer lived here. And... This place was the place where stagecoaches would stop the night. People were killing them in front. Robbing them of their money. Isn't that what he said? Or something like that, right? Yeah, that's what I was yeah, just getting yeah. to. Yeah, because he started... He, okay, so he starts having visions yeah. of bodies. He has, like, a little uh, meeting with the family in the living room. He's like, I have a very strong feeling that many people died in this house. Yeah. Some of natural causes. Yeah. Some murdered. Yeah. He claims that the property used to be a stagecoach stop. And he thinks that someone... I'm presuming somebody that lived in and or worked at the house... 
um, robbed and killed a bunch of travelers and stashed their bodies in the crawl space until they could be buried. Things like this did happen. They yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I'm not saying that that's yeah. that it's impossible. Yeah. Like, you know, who was that? What was that fucking uh, show that we did a long time yeah. ago about the family? Yeah, there's a family that was doing it. Was it? Yeah. Was, was it the Bloody Benders? Yeah, and there was even other ones that were selling their bodies as cadavers to fucking science, if uh-huh. I remember correctly, too. Were, were they doing that in England? Well, yeah. Um, yeah, and then the doctors weren't asking weren't weren't asking any questions. Well, Burke either. and Hare did that. Yeah. Well, because after a while, because, you know, and I think we talked about this when we talked about the Burke and Hare, uh, about Burke and Hare, was that for a while, uh, you weren't really allowed, you know, uh, the cadavers that you cut up, like, for medical research or, you know, anatomy classes or whatever, they could only be, like, criminals and shit like that. So they didn't have enough bodies. So there was, like, a pretty brisk black market in bodies so people would like steal bodies they wouldn't necessarily murder people burke and Hare did but burke and Hare started out just digging up corpses like fresh ones and then they were like you know it would go a lot quicker if we just like fucking cut out the middleman and just killed the people yeah and then we wouldn't have to wait around for somebody to drop dead you know what i mean so yeah so that's what happens so burke and Hare, i think that's what actually made the law change where it's like you know there's a certain amount of bodies that have to be like given to the thing or whatever because before it they had to be criminals because they thought it was sacrilegious or something i guess yeah like to cut bodies that went all the way back to ancient rome yeah yeah do it in ancient rome either i don't even think ancient greece could do it yeah a lot of countries did that rome actually banned live animal experimentation because they had a guy who was cutting pigs up alive and trying to figure out how they worked Shit, man. And, yeah, and, and fucking... Uh, That's horrifying. Some Roman senators went to go see this, you know, and the guy had evidently made some really great advances in how the body works. And then Roman senators saw that and go, no, this is an affront to the to, to the gods. You know what I mean? Fucking, you I can't, mean, it is kind You can't of do this. Up. And they, they fucking banned... They banned fucking live animal experimentation, too. That's pretty fucked up. Well, they wouldn't allow them fucking cutting, cutting into fucking cadavers and shit. That's what I mean. So, it's like at least, at least shit could go sideways. That's what I'm saying. You, it's much better to like let people cut up on cadavers yeah. than fucking live yeah. pigs, for Christ's sake. Yeah, dude, was cadaver t- doesn't care. They'd have the fucking pig tied up in a big thing where it couldn't move, and they'd go in there and start and do operating on it while it was alive, and looking at the heartbeat and then you know and all that. And See, that's fucked up. Yeah, vivisection. Yeah, vivisection. But I can kind of understand it. I do too, Under but those circumstances, yeah, they, they wanted it's to know. Me- yeah, it's how, still messed up. Though. You know, it was a doctor doing it. I wouldn't you know, be able making to drawings, and they wanted to know what the heart actually did. You know, fucking. Um, I don't think a whole lot of detail was left from, but that's just that's just all I remember. You're fascinated about the heart and the lungs and all that. Yeah, messed up. <clears throat> they didn't know about respiration. Yeah, they had to figure everything. They had to out. figure it all out. Yeah, they didn't know shit back then. Oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's not crazy to think that because there was, I mean, anytime you had, uh, like a hub of a place, like back in the old days where a lot of people were stopping, a lot of travelers were stopping, then yeah, you were going to get people that preyed on that yeah. situation. So it's not crazy to think that, but I don't think it happened in this particular house. You know what I mean? So they're stashing the bodies in the crawl space until they could be buried. Like I said, so he says that there are seven spirits in the house. Uh, so Clara thinks, wow, like this dude's legit. You know what I mean? Like this is the right guy to have, to have brought to the house, I guess. So after they leave, 
Clara thinks that just the psychic being there has like calmed the place down. Cause I guess like the haunting or whatever it was like kind of chilled out for a little while. Mike and Randy though, um, probably wisely are, are kind of skeptical of the psychic story. So they decide they're going to go into the woods one night to see if they can find some kind of proof that this did actually used to be like a stage. I don't know what they were looking for exactly, but you know, they were teenagers. So while they were out in the woods at night though, they see like the strange lights like out in the trees in the reenactment. I guess it looked like a bunch of orbs. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like a bunch of little lights flying around like that. So I don't know if that's exactly what they saw, but they did say it was kind of weird. Uh, Randy then said like, he felt like he couldn't breathe and he felt like someone had him in a bear hug. Like somebody was like, just doing him like that. And he couldn't breathe, like squeezing him. So they ran back to the house and told Clara, mom, um, and they're like, yeah, we got to do something about this shit. Cause like, it's getting scary. But Clara thinks it's like, well, I don't think we should do anything cause it's dangerous and we might get like fucked over. And at this point, while they're all like talking in the front of the house, like the doorknob on the front door, like starts turning like ostensibly by itself, you know, like the lock turns and everything. So they're just like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck's going on? So Clara is kind of like, she was been trying to hold it together this whole time, but she's kind of starting to lose it a little bit. Cause she's like, look, we're going to have to fucking move. Cause like nothing we've done is like helped. And we can't really afford to move. You know, it's kind of a situation where we sunk all our money into this house and shit like that, like you do. And she was like, also, me and the kids didn't really want to get beaten by whatever this thing was anyway. Like, I didn't really, they felt like they didn't really just want to run away from it. Now, a few days after this, a cop comes to the door and tells Clara that Mike has been in an accident. Now, I'm assuming it was a car accident. He was, I thought he was only 14, or that's what they said at the beginning. But then I think this maybe happened over a longer time span because when I read an article about it later, they said the family actually lived there for four years. Hmm. So I'm guessing that this happened and they just like compressed it for the show because right. he looked like the same age. Because I'm like, 14-year-old kids should not be driving. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm assuming this happened like later on when he was old enough to have a driver's license. So Mike has a serious head injury and a ruptured spleen. So they actually had to remove the spleen. Hmm. So the state trooper said that when they were pulling him out of the car, like after the accident, Mike said that someone else was in the car with him, but they couldn't find anybody else at the scene. And they're like, it didn't look like anybody else was in the car. Did he have a head injury? Yeah. Yeah. I know what they're talking about. I had one of those too. Yeah. No, his memory was fucked up. He probably thought he was talking to somebody and everything because his memories got all jumbled up. He's probably, some of those memories were might've been from three or four days before the accident. Yeah. Same Cause thing. it's like your brain gets yeah. all scrambled, like in those kind of situations yeah. and it kind of like messes all. Your I woke fucking... up in the hospital. They said, what the last thing you remember? And I says, oh, I was talking to my friend, Mike, I was in his, <coughs> I was talking to him in his <coughs> living room. That bookcase fell on me. The bookcase. Yeah. That's yeah. That's why I got hurt. I thought the bookcase fell on me. What a weird thing to say. Because that was my last memory. So I thought a bookcase fall on me. Well, wait. Did you actually have a bookcase fall on you? No, there was a bookcase behind me. Oh, okay. That was the only thing that I... Uh, that was the last thing you could remember? That was the last remember. thing I remember. So a, that was what you thought was happened. That's what I thought happened. But then Isn't they were like, when was this? You know, and I fucking, you know, I, I think it was like on a Friday. It was like, like a Friday night. And they, were, and they were like, no, that was like four days ago. And I was like, oh. But then <laughs> later, the memories came back. The order started to come, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it didn't happen then. Because I can remember the other day. But it took weeks for me to, for the memories all to kind of start falling back into place. That it actually got into a motorcycle wreck. I remember that happening, kind of, yeah. right before it. Yeah, but it's just, that's what happened to him. 
Yeah, probably. There was nobody in that car with him. He just remembered another time when he was driving with somebody. That was just one of his... Yeah, I just think they they kind of got... um, They mentioned it on the show because I guess Clara, the mom, like, took him saying that as she kind of, like, blamed whatever it was that was haunting the house for doing that to her son. Like, maybe it appeared in the car and, like, made him wreck or something like that. I think that's kind of what they were... memories jumbled up. That's probably where... I mean, that's the... That's the Occam's razor <laughs> explanation. So I get like Mike is in a coma for a couple weeks, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but he eventually wakes up. And like I said, Clara started to believe that the entity in the house had caused the accident, essentially. I don't think she came right out and said that, but that was what the implication was. So I guess uh, Mike eventually recovered and was fine because it, literally in the next scene, he's totally fine. Like he's just standing there. And I was just like, um, okay, so I guess he's okay and spleenless so then uh father al and the psychic come back to the house and they're gonna do they're gonna one last attempt they're gonna make to end this haunting god damn it so they think they're maybe gonna try and talk the ghost into leaving voluntarily can you please leave mr ghost thank you so much so the priest and the psychic go into the house and start hearing creaking like footsteps and then alex goes into tina's room and does his uh vision thing again where he closes his eyes and squinches his face up And he said that he had a vision of a girl that seemed like she was in pain, like lying in the bed. Then he hears like a bunch of these creepy kind of ghostly voices and senses a few other spirits. He says that he saw like a boy who was 18 or 19 who came in the house. I guess from the reenactment that this was supposed to be the kid with the gun in the woods that the boys had seen earlier. Okay. But I was sitting there thinking, because when we were watching it, he's like, I see a boy and it's 18 or 19 and he came in the house and I was like, what he came in the house and like shot some motherfuckers like what but then like he didn't he just went off and talked about something else so i'm like what he just came in the house and nothing i guess i don't know um he's like all because all he said yeah there are others here and it's like getting really cold in here and blah blah so then he says that he sees one very particularly angry spirit in the room this is the young woman who they're you're led to believe is the same one that tina saw in the mirror earlier so this ghost woman is apparently telling him that she doesn't want to leave the house and she said that she used to lock herself in this room and not come out. And I guess she still doesn't want to come out. She doesn't want the other energies, the other ghosts, to leave either. Because I guess she likes having them as roommates. So basically, I mean, Alex tells her to get the fuck out. But she seems to, like, argue with him. That's like in the reenactment, they just kind of have her standing all creepily, like, over by the window. And you can't really see her face. And he's just sitting there, no, no, you have to leave. You, have, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know what well, you she, must leave. What no, she, no, I don't no, know no, what she's leave. protesting about. It. You must leave this house. <laughs> yeah, murder, Horn, murder Hornet said, go haunt my neighbor, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. go out the window and, like, go down the street and, like, haunt the woods or some shit. Um, so he tells her to, he's like, let go, let go. But yeah. I see, I guess she's not having it. She's, she's like, nope, staying here. So fuck off. So at this point, uh, Alex and father Al, they're going to attempt to release, they call it releasing the negative energy in the house. They're doing a common exorcism. That's <laughs> so common, which is apparently all he can do without getting permission from the higher ups. Cause to, like to do the big whiz bang, like exorcism, you need to like go to permission. the, you need special permission. To from, do this. Yeah. You can't just go around doing exorcisms willy nilly. Who knows yeah. what might happen? Yeah. You might not abuse it. <laughs> right. I'm exercising. You'd be bothering God exercising. too much. <laughs> bothering God too much. Oh, here's this asshole yeah, yeah. again. Oh, you doing this shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So they do the exorcism. Uh, thank you very much, Senor Styx. Is yeah, this another Amityville thing or Poltergeist? It yeah. was very Amityville-y, at least at the first. Yeah. At least at first, it seemed like. Um, so yeah, so they do the exorcism, and they do kind of like your standard thing where they're all standing around in a circle, and like they do the flashy lights, and you know, there's all kind of creaky noises and everything. And Clara says, it's like, man, just like when it was done, she's like, wow, that was like powerful. Like the ghosts have to leave now. Like that was so awesome. Um, I'm going to have to say too that the actor that was playing Alex Tannis, I love, love, loved his facial expressions during the exorcism. Like he looked like he was just taking an apocalyptic shit. <laughs> like the whole time. Like just the way that he was like scrunching his face up. It was like just making me laugh. Um, so... She says, uh, after they did the exorcism, she says the, the place felt, the word she used was blissful, like, after the exorcism. Like, it felt like they did when they first moved in. So, apparently, though, uh, it stayed like that for several months, but then uh, the haunting returned later on in the year. So, the family actually ended up having to move out, and they couldn't find a buyer for the house and ended up having to declare bankruptcy. Mm. So, this did not have a happy ending. Um, Clara actually said too that the whole ordeal really kind of like diminished her faith in anything really she said I was kind of got to the point where I don't think formal religions she's like I don't think that any one of them have the one answer like maybe they all have little pieces of the answer but none of them have the entire one um, and she's like very few of them admit that this kind of thing happens so the the actual episode ends on this kind of like slow zoom like into the house with the sound of flies or I guess it's bees because it was bees at the beginning but it's, which is again like very Amityville horror. So when I looked this house up, oh, I need to take a drink. I'm like not getting able to, I'm not being able to like drink my drink because I'm like talking too much. Yeah. So um, when I looked up this house, apparently this house is pretty well known in paranormal circles. Uh, as I mentioned, it actually turns up on TripAdvisor. You can, I guess the guy that owns it now, like, will give tours and, like, let paranormal groups in there to, like, investigate, and a lot of them have. Um, so since that is the case, I don't feel bad saying what the address is. The address is actually 3830 McMahon Road, that's M-C-M-A-H-O-N, in Hinsdale, New York. Now, according, the, I did find some shit about this house, like, on another site. So that was kind of like um, trying to clear up some misconceptions, I guess. So, uh, and like I said, the woman, Clara, she actually wrote a book about it as well. So the family lived there for four years and they had a bunch of weird they, apparitions of multiple people. They said they all saw a movement of objects, unexplainable scents. They didn't really get into that in the show. Uh, unexplained sounds, yeah. So, uh, when the family asked the guy to do the blessing... Now, what this particular site said is, like, on the show, they said that he did a common exorcism. They said in real life they didn't. He just did a house blessing. So, I don't know what... It's not a huge difference, but whatever. Um, actually, the family, when the shit hit the fan, like, when the paranormal shit was getting really bad, they actually had an article about them published in a local paper, and then everyone started making fun of them. Mm. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so Alex Tannis did come there, like, uh, and he did claim that there were seven... He actually said there were seven murders in the house. I think on the show they said, yeah, he said there were some murders in the house, but he said there were seven ghosts in the house. But th he specifically said there were seven murders now, in the house. Now, are they claiming this phenomenon is still going on? 
I don't know, actually. Um, I think that from what I saw, like I looked on TripAdvisor and there was like a couple, it looked like a couple of paranormal groups had been there like recently, like in the past few years. Yeah. And some of them had like set up their state overnight or something like that. And they're like, yeah, we didn't really have anything happen. Or we had like a couple like, you know, like bullshit things. Yeah, it's poltergeist, man. Kind of thing. It, you know what I mean? It's poltergeist. It was the people in there, not, not the house. That's how I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like I said, even though on the show they said it was an exorcism, it wasn't, it was a blessing, like I said. Well, they might be calling it a blessing, a very common form of exorcism. You know, yeah, the, the, the words that they, they play word games, you know. And I guess, even though they didn't mention this on the show, I guess one very common misconception about the house in paranormal circles is, uh, that it was built on, guess what, an Indian burial ground. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that is not the case. <clears throat> Uh, now, the shit that Alex Tana said about, oh, this used to be an inn or a stagecoach stop where people got murdered, uh, there is no evidence that anyone can find that it was ever used as a stagecoach inn. Now, uh, one of the... There there were kind of, like, stories that the road... That there was a road that went past the house, like, that stagecoaches went by on, so it's entirely possible that people could have stopped there, like, in a stagecoach and stuff, but it wasn't an inn or anything like that. Now, there is another legend about this house, which they didn't mention on the show, um, but that there's a tree called the Hanging Tree, which is near the house, and that it was used for hanging people, uh, most famously a pregnant woman uh, named Elizabeth. That's the story. Uh, but again, there's no evidence that that's true either. There's also another Sounds legend. unlikely. They didn't execute women that were pregnant. No, I didn't. Because that was think. killing two people. They'd let her give birth, and then they'd fucking execute her. And then they'd execute her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's, let's wait until she pops, and then yep. we'll, yeah. Um, also, there's another legend that there was a boy that was killed in a buzzsaw accident on the property. Now, there was a boy that was killed in a buzzsaw accident, matter of fact, but he actually wasn't killed on that property. He was killed, like, somewhere else, you know what I mean? So I think people are, like, conflating two things. So I also found an article from 2017. Oh, by the way, uh, Clara Miller, Clara Miller Dandy, she's like the mom that was on here. Her name's Clara Miller now. She wrote a book about this house and it was called Echoes of a Haunting. I don't know how available it is, but she wrote it. So there you go. Um, so I found a, an article from 2017 that was about this as well. And it just kind of went a little bit into, I guess there's a guy... At least as of 2017, the guy that owns it now is named Dan Kleiss, I guess is how you pronounce his last name. And like I said, he lets people, um, he's actually the co-founder of the Greater West New York Paranormal Society. So I guess he bought the house specifically because of its reputation. And he lets paranormal groups stay there, evidently, and like he runs tours and shit like that. And people apparently still have things happen there. Like one of the things that was in this article was um, this kid uh, was in the house and like sat on the bed and said that he saw an angry Indian looking at him. Mm. I, I guess that's because of the, of the legend about it, Indian burial ground and all that stuff. But like I said, it's not, it's not an Indian burial ground. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, and there's still the whole thing too, the legend about there was a couple of brothers who lived there and raided stagecoaches and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know if that's true or not. Like they don't they don't find any. I think what and, what you're what you're seeing here is that there's a good chance that a poltergeist episode happened in this house. The people who actually were the focuses of it left, but the the legend lived on though. Fucking the market wanted to turn it into a damn haunting, and then of course what are they going to do? Murders, Indian burial grounds. 
Yeah. Pissed off Indians. All your standard tropes. Yeah. That's right. That's what. So they're just at, they're making that shit Hollywood as fuck. Okay. And then they try to sell tickets to it. The phenomenon's probably not going on anymore. Probably long gone. It was those kids. It was RSPK. Most likely, if if anything was happening there, that's that's far more likely uh, than haunt, haunted houses. You know. Well, the good news um, is, if you actually want to see if there's still anything going on in the house, uh, there is actually a Hinsdale house, that's what it's called, live stream, and uh, it's going on all the time. Like, they just live stream the inside of the house. Yeah. It's on Facebook Live on the page of the Hinsdale House Restoration Project, and I looked at it today, and it's still going on. Yeah. I mean, it's boring as fuck, because you're just, like, looking at a room, but, you know. If you're into that kind of stuff, maybe something exciting. I'm, not, happen. Sure, I'm, not, I'm really not sure haunted houses exist in the way, in, in reality is in the same way that they exist in folklore and these reports. I haven't seen it. I've been in bad houses, um, just give you bad feelings, but I never saw anything move in them. Couldn't prove it, you know. Just feelings. And how do you prove feelings? You know. Feelings. Feelings. Yeah. Nothing. Hard to prove. Hard to prove. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're subjective. And, yeah, and it, it, consistently people would go in there and go and, and be afraid in there, you know, like something was watching them. But like I said, nothing ever moved. So, so that's the thing. Of, yeah, you yeah, can't really can't really prove anything. Right, because no, yeah, that's everyone's like subjective. Yeah. Did somebody send us a super chat? Yeah, I got that a while you back. Got that? Okay. Yeah, I got a, that, that a while back. But, uh, yeah, that's the end of my notes. All so, right. like I said, if you want to go to the Hinsdale House Restoration Project Facebook page, you can watch a live stream of the inside of the house. Look at Jenny. Jenny's fucking showing cleavage today. Been a long time, Jenny. You keep those fu- you kept, kept those fuckers leashed, holstered. You've now unholstered your femininity. Coming at them. Both barrels. Okay. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I, mi- I missed it. <laughs> I miss the boobs. What are you talking about? You see them all I the time. I see the boobs all the time. But yeah, I see more super chats coming. That's right. Boobs. Boobs. Thank okay. you again, Senor Six. Yeah. Okay. Tom and Jenny Ghost Hunter show now on Sci-Fi. Yeah, man. Fucking the thing is, is that I'd love to have a Ghost Hunter show. Problem is, it wouldn't make any money because I don't think anybody's watching cable anymore. Well, you could do one Very on cute. a streaming service. You have to do it but see, the thing is that yeah. you would have to come up with like a good angle because they're so fucking many paranormal shows you really have to have a unique angle and I don't know if I could think of one my angle would be this I know that shit's real I've seen this kind of shit but I also call bullshit on most of it Um, there are real cases that inspire a lot of fakes and then there are a lot of people who bring a lot of baggage to the table if something does go down they're projecting into it seeing what they want to see to to um you know back up some kind of fucking belief system when i saw poltergeist i thought it was a ghost because that my belief system could could get behind that it took a long time weeks for me to go no this isn't really a ghost this is a different phenomenon you know it was ghost like but it was an artificial ghost it was fucking rsbk here's the thing though i feel like I think the problem with that, like, I would watch a show like that, 
but I feel like most people that watch ghost hunter type shows, they don't want like a skeptical they kind of, they just want to watch something that's like yeah. creepy. Yeah. And so they can like imagine it's like, Ooh, you know, look at that orb or like, Ooh, look at this, yeah. you know, I don't know, but I feel like that's kind of like, because whenever they would do a show that had a more skeptical angle to it, like it seemed like it never did all that well. I don't think people want to be like, think about that. It's not real. Paranormal phenomena is rare, intermittent, and you can't depend on it. it. It happens when you least expect it, and most of it isn't ghost. It's shit like you have a dream, and a dream comes true. You have a feeling, so you act on that feeling, and it saves your life. Uh, you, you, you have a premonition that something might bad it might, might happen, might be bad, so you said, I'm going home. I had that happen. Bad shit started happening to us on the way to the club, got to the club, and said, Jenny, I... I'm getting out of here. There's something not right. We left, and then that Pulse nightclub shooting happened up the road. Remember Pulse nightclub shooting? Yeah. What they do in there? Shot up to Gay Bar. That was like a mile up the road from there. And I just had. And this, we were out that. We day. were out that night, and I just had a. I said, Jenny, something's not right, man. It feels bad here. This is. I feel a lot of anger from these people. Jenny's probably like, Oh, you're 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 full of shit. So I'm getting. I don't want to be here. Left, and then we went back in that Pulse nightclub. Well, I was like, I was mad because we'd driven all the way down there but yeah. i'm used to like falling because nor you wouldn't you don't normally do that yeah so yeah you know. and so my instincts are true um, but see i don't think that that's supernatural i think some people might say that it's supernatural but i think that people are a lot more i never said supernatural yeah it's, it's paranormal no i'm saying yeah i didn't yeah. say you did i'm just right, saying yeah. that like some people do like they would say that as oh i'm psychic or something like that but i don't think it's that weird i think most people have that um, ability. It's just that you don't usually listen to They're it. Not listening to it. it. It's an animal instinct. Is part of it. It's what Obi Wan says: is just let go of your fucking your waking conscious self and just fucking let your feelings take over. You know, just kind of feel your way. You, you see it in your mind. It, that's just. It's like that. It's you're not. It's not rational. It's irrational. But it's not insane. It's it's listening to ancient instincts. Is what it's like. Well, because I think yeah. a lot of stuff, like you're picking up on a lot of environmental clues that you're not consciously aware of, yeah, I think of, is what it is. Your subconscious mind's a really good yeah. analog fucking supercomputer. It's a quantum computer. And I believe a lot of it is happening outside your skull. And it's, it's, it's interconnected with a quantum universe, fucking vague information where there's like a fucking internet out there that you have kind of access to. Kind of like... Kind of like how a radio has access to the radio spectrum. You know, it's something like that. That's how animals know to do certain things at certain times and which direction to fly for the winter. You know, it's, it's like that. It's that kind of thing. You know. Yeah, they're just, not they're not worried about shit like we're worried. Yeah, about. <laughs> they, yeah, they're just doing what they feel is right. You know, and it and it, it's they feel right. It feels right to them for a fucking reason. You know, but they're not analyzing it. They're not thinking about it. I wonder why Pookie feels that it's right that she wants to go in the closet all the time. Because she wants to tear up fucking shoes. <laughs> Pookie, has, Pookie has all kinds of weird feelings, like biting daddy. Yeah. <laughs> play biting daddy. She, she loves to bite and to wrestle. She doesn't bite hard. She just wants to play. Yeah, I've never had her bite hard. Yeah, she, she, wants, knows, she knows not to. She knows like, she's pl just playing. She's just playing. You know, Wrestling and biting and fucking running and coming back and falling on her back. Okay, we can't talk about the cats all day. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I, was I was done with, my, done? I was done with okay. my notes, so it's okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to shut this shit down. Are you really? What, you, what are down. you going to make? Did you tell me and I um, forgot? 
Well, I'm not even drunk. I've only like re- this is uh, this is strawberry moonshine, by the way. You notice that it tastes better once it waters down a bit. Well, yeah, because I mean it's kind of strong. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> the uh, I don't know. I got a bunch of ham. I want some ham and eggs. Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds actually. good. Yeah, fried eggs and ham sounds good. If I have enough eggs, we'll see. Tom Sykes said it's a dark place. Cats like dark places. Yeah. She likes she, tearing up shoes. I think that's the main that, thing. That's all it is. She knows she shoes likes, are in She's it. like, she knows shoes in the closet. She's like, ooh, I can totally like claw those shoes. Yeah, she cuts the claw to doing all this on shoes and sharpening in her claws, and it's kind of like she's drooling. It's like a, it's like a sexual thing or something. <laughs> I don't know. She just loves it. Okay, I'm gonna get ready. All right. So thank you everybody for dropping by this evening, talking about hauntings and shit like that. So tomorrow we'll be back for another movie review and we're going to be doing Night of the Comet because that's what everybody voted for. Well, that's what the people on Patreon voted for. So that's what we're going to do. And like I said, I, I feel like a lot of people have recommended that. And like, I feel bad because I'm like, yeah, we'll get around to it. Yeah, we'll get it. So we haven't got around to it. But we're going to get around to it. We'll watch it tonight and we'll talk about it tomorrow. So thank you everybody for Super Chats. Thanks for dropping by. And we'll see you guys again doing a movie review tomorrow. Good night. <laughs>